Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Perfectly Mentored. I'm your host, Jason Portnoy, and this is episode 100. This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Episode 100. Crazy, um, but we're not done, right? We, we, I mean, this is a big milestone, um, but we'll, we'll celebrate casually. We'll celebrate. I'll celebrate with you, the listeners, uh, and not make such a big deal of this because we're going to grow. We're going to keep going. Episode 100 is just uh, means I have 900 more to go to get to episode 1000, right? So we got more work to do. Uh, but I thought for this episode, something that would be really interesting would be if I shared uh, some lessons I learned from this podcast and how it helped me as a person and helped me grow my business and maybe some some hidden parts of interviews that that you haven't really seen um, and and picked up on uh, because there's a lot of stuff that I've learned from the podcast. But if I look back at it, it actually taught me a really uh, different lesson than what most people took out of it. But first, uh, not many of you may know this, that this podcast was actually supposed to be a book. Uh, well, to be honest, it was just, I really wanted to spend time with Gary Vaynerchuk and, and shadow him and follow him around. Um, but I knew that if I asked for time uh, to just shadow him around and, and, and I wouldn't get it. So I decided, um, you know, I want to become better in business. And if I could get mentored in core areas and have people like Gary and Damon, uh, Damon John mentor me in marketing and running an agency uh, and have Grant Cardone mentor me in sales and real estate uh, and then have Phil Town mentor me uh, in investing, I'd be the complete business person. Those were the four people uh, when I set out to do the podcast, those were the four people that I wanted on uh, or when I wanted to do the book, those were the, those were the four people that I wanted a shadow. So I decided I'd write this book called Perfectly Mentored. Uh, the problem was when I pitched it to almost all four of them, and even though I had a relationship with Damon John, the answer was no. Nobody wanted me to shadow them around for a week, right? Nobody wanted me to spend time and, and take away time from them. You know, they were all writing their own books. Uh, so there it comes lesson number one. A no is a no for now. And a no could also be a no um, for that offer, right? So See, people say no to things all the time, but say yes to the same exact things if they're presented differently, whether it's in business or whether it's your own kid and you're telling them to go to bed and they say no versus, hey, why don't I read you a book in bed? And they say yes, same end result, just presented differently. Can I pick your brain versus can I interview you? Um, just another perfect example of, of all of a sudden people were spending time giving me the time of day when I was just, you know... Uh, if I asked them for half an hour of the time, I'd get a no, but all of a sudden, can I interview for an hour? And I was getting yes. And I was spending way more time with them than if I would have just got a quick meeting to, to sit down with them. But a no could also be a test. It could, it could also be a push um, and, and help and push you and help get you to a, a different level. Um, you know, Grant Cardone said no for 10 months and then said, um, and then said yes. Uh, and then, and then canceled and then said no. Uh, and then, came on. So, uh, you know, in life and in business, you're going to get no's all the time and perseverance really matters. So you have a perfect example where no could just be a no to that offer. And sometimes a no is a no, as long as you take it as a no, um, there's a fine craft in learning how to do follow-up and, and persistence versus being annoying. And I think that's, that's a line I play very, very well. 
Um, so Grant Cardone, for example, said no, um, and then agreed to come on. And the day of the podcast, he canceled the day of the podcast. I was pumped, ready. And that's another core four for the, for the book that was going to come on and he canceled. Um, and then not only that, when we tried to reschedule, he kept saying, no, no, not interested. Well, his team kept saying it. And then he came on, um, you know, Gary said no to the podcast too. And he's the one that told me to start the podcast. Uh, and there's a new lesson there aside from just persistence, it's reframe, right? So Gary, uh, when he told me to start the, first of all, he never told me to start the podcast It's a misconception from, from, you know, how I spin things, but we were sitting a bunch of us, I happened to meet, met Gary, uh, and he said, podcasting is the way to go. If I were you, I'd start a podcast. And he told us to around, uh, 15 other people. And I sat there and said, cool, if I start a podcast, will you come on? And he said, um, you know, I'm really, really busy, but first off, everyone looked at me like I was. I was asking for a billion dollars and shocked that I would even ask, which is another lesson in itself coming up. But uh, yeah. And, and he said, he said no. And so I had to reframe the conversation and he, I kept asking, I said, well, if I know you're busy and again, playing that line of a persistence and follow up without being annoying. And eventually he looked at me and said, you're not going to stop. Are you? And I reframed and I sat there and said, okay, Gary, if you were mentoring me right now, which, you know, you, you are because you're giving everyone advice. And I asked you, you know, I got this guy and uh, he's saying, no, would you tell me to stop? And he smiled at me. He looked at me and said, you know what? Do 20 episodes. But here's the story that everyone takes. And, and it is a lesson in asking. But, you know, Marcus Murphy was another guest came on and he taught me that. And he said the lesson he learned from that is be Gary. Right? Be so protective over your time. If Gary said yes to every single person who asked him to be the first guest on the podcast, he would do a billion podcasts, first of all. And you know, I probably wouldn't have started a podcast, right? That was my end result. So if I just got my end result right off the bat, episode one, Gary, there'd be no episode two. And here's the truth. Sometimes you're just not ready to have what you want, right? That's a whole nother lesson is if episode one, I had Gary and I didn't go through learning how to interview, learning how to become better, getting comfortable with myself on camera, getting comfortable with myself, asking questions, learning how to listen and going through uh, guest number one, two, three, four, all the way up to, I think Gary was 24 and perfecting my skill. Podcast one would have been way different than podcast 24, right? It probably would have been awful. Um, and in fact, Gary ended up saying that it was one of the best interviews he's done and I think it's because I spent time crafting my uh, or sharpening my 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 sword and 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 honing in on my craft, and and that's the thing. People want things right away, but sometimes you're just not ready to have it. Like if if Oprah called me today, I'm not ready to have Oprah, right? Like that's it's just I'm, I don't think I'm there yet. That's a mental hurdle. That's a whole next level to to get to. But Marcus said, "Be Gary. Be protective of your time." Uh, and not only that. If you want to really help people, set them up for success, not failure. Gary telling me to do 20 episodes was setting me up for failure or was setting me up for success because most episodes fail after episode eight. So how bad do you want it was, was almost what he was challenging me on is, can you really double pass the failure rate more than double pass the failure rate uh, in episodes? And then if you can, then good, you listen to me and you deserve a reward. You deserve my respect and admiration and, and, and come on. But with Gary, I also learned another very important lesson. Um, the truth is, I've actually learned this from my father. Um, 
and, and Gary just kind of showed me the power of it. Uh, and that's always be nice to everyone around you. And in business that, that get, often gets translated to be nice to the gatekeepers. Um, not many know that when Gary said, fine, do 20 episodes and email me. The story was he said, email me and, and, and we'll set it up. And I took it as uh, not email Gary. And I'll explain in a second. There was a head of business development when I wanted to write the book that I was chatting with, uh, when I wanted Gary, when I wanted to shadow him. And he was trying really hard. He was very nice in the emails. Um, and it went back and forth. And I developed a relationship with this person to the point where I'd even send them gifts. You know, thank you so much for trying. I did my research. I know he liked, uh, I know that person liked uh, the Fuji. So I sent them a signed album from the Fuji just saying, thank you. I really appreciate you trying to make this work. And one day I know you're going to come through. So, you know, I owe you. And he's shocked. He was so appreciative because no one ever thanked. First of all, it's a thankless job sometimes. But not only that, like I'm thanking him for like not doing anything. Um, and I, I've always done that with Grant's team. When I wanted Grant, I would send them all cards, you know, even though they would say, sorry, he's not interested. I'd be like, no problem. I'd send Christmas cards because I built this relationship. Damon John's team, uh, even when they were mentoring me, um, you know, I, I've always, I've always, uh, you know, been nice to them. And, but my father, my father was always nice, is always nice to, to everyone right? Whether it's the janitor, whether it's, you know, a colleague, treat everyone the same. Uh, so when I wait in lobbies, I'm nice to the secretaries and, and I go out of my way because these people have tough jobs. But not only that, you know, if you want to have a little hidden selfish component to it, these people are sometimes the gatekeepers. So the guy who was uh, running business development for Gary that I was so nice to, you know, he knew I wanted Gary on the podcast. So I said, I was going to ask him. He said, great. So I ended up asking Gary. When Gary said, email me, uh, after you do 20 episodes or, or write me when you do 20 episodes, I was like, okay, I'm just going to get ignored. I went back to, to, to that guy. And I said, Oh, by the way, I asked Gary and he said, really, what did he say? He said, yeah, no problem. Email you when I do 20 episodes and you'll set it up. And he said, amazing. So I now had a contact that thought I was supposed to email him a little bit deceiving, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, it worked. Um, I emailed him when I did the 20 episodes and said, I did the 20 episodes. Gary promised, and like he promised, and he told me to do email you. So here I am emailing you. And he actually set it up and Gary Trudeau's word showed up. And that that's one of that, those stories. So had to do 20 episodes before that. And here I was trying to get Gary. Uh, he wanted me to do 20 episodes. And I learned another lesson there that um, repetition, consistency, and commitment breed success. And what I mean by that, 20 episodes were hard. And I gain no momentum. It's hard. No wonder people quit after eight episodes. Um, you know, there's insecurities that go into a podcast of listening to yourself. Still to this day, I can't listen to my episodes and I don't like looking at myself on camera. I'm human. Um, and it was just hard and it was sporadic. It was, it was, it was just a bunch of people like that came on, um, you know, and I posted whenever I felt the convenient time to do so. Like there was no rhyme or reason to anything. And I gained no momentum. And once I took it seriously, which was thrive time, um, call it thrive time. Cause when COVID first happened, uh, that's when I started reaching out to people and trying to go live and give back to people. I was in a fortunate spot being in a digital marketing space and being a, uh, an agency owner, uh, online business and online marketing boom during that time. So I had, I felt this, 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 um, this feeling that I needed to get back a little bit of people who need to learn how to pivot. They weren't set up. Um, so I'd bring some of the big guns on 
like Damon John and Roland Frazier and Ryan Dice to come back again and kind of give advice on how to pivot uh, during this time. And if you weren't going to listen to me, at least maybe listen to some of these people um, who are kind of all in agreement, uh, but brought them on. But it's only when I took that seriously and I put in the commitment to the podcast that it became top ranked within two weeks, literally two weeks. Yes, I had big names uh, come on, uh, but that's because I started uh, borrowing authority and, and, and whatnot. And I'll explain that in a second. But it was really um, taking it seriously and, and committing. There's a time I'm going to do one a week. It's going to go up and, and that's it. Every Tuesday, every Thursday, whatever it was, that's when it was going to go up. And people quit way too easily. It's people quit way too easily. If I, if I look back at episode one, um, Stan Way, who was, an, who was an amazing guest. But if I look at myself at episode one and I had to watch that, I probably would have stopped. There's no way I'd want to keep doing that. I was awful. Um, and and I, I think I got better. But, you know, e- even looking at this right now, this is my first solo episode. And I was always afraid to do a solo episode. But I think people quit way too easily and way too early, in my opinion. Um, but in all honesty, one of the biggest lessons I've learned from this podcast is the power of asking that if you don't ask, you don't get that goes to, um, how I got guests on the show when uh, people don't ask for the sale. Uh, in fact, that's one of the biggest mistakes in sales. People don't ask for it. Um, people just don't ask for what they want. Uh, there's a famous story in a book called the third door where this guy, Alex who's the author was shadowing Tony, uh, from, from, from Zappos and, uh, rest in peace. And he, and employees were looking at him being like, man, I want to follow uh, Tony. How are you able to do it? And at the end of his shadowing, um, Alex turned to Tony and said, well, thank you so much for letting me do this, but why don't you let your employees shadow you? And he goes, I would love to, but no one's ever asked. People are afraid to ask for things, you know, afraid to ask the girl out, the guy out, whatever it is, people are afraid to ask for things. But the problem is, if you ask and you get a no, are you really in a worse position for ego aside? Blow to your ego aside, but are you really in a worse position than you were before you asked? And the answer is no. If I want Damon John on the podcast and I ask and he says no, well, what happened before I asked him? I didn't have Damon John on the podcast. What happened after I asked him? I still don't have Damon John on the podcast. Nothing changed. What if he says yes? Right? That's so important. Like, how do you get all these big guests on? Literally. I go on Instagram and I message people and I message them and I learn how to follow up and I, I'm kind to them. And, you know, sometimes if they don't read the message, I'll delete it and then send it again. But I literally ask and I've been able to borrow authority from Gary. Yes. And that's a, a another lesson itself that authority is king and you have to learn how to borrow it and leverage it because you can leverage Gary to get this person and that person. And the more people started saying yes. Um, the more people came on. But again, Gary didn't come on episode one. I still had to do 24 episodes. So other people were saying yes along that road. And you just have to, you know, keep keep hacking away, keep doing it. But that's the biggest lesson is that is that people don't ask. Um, and, you know, again, Gary saying yes, would it would have been a disaster. And, and that's where uh, preparation is, is so important. Uh, the best episodes were the ones where I was prepared, where I got great question, uh, never been asked that before. Oh, you really did your research. Those three comments are like, are like, that's fuel for me. I'm, I'm in my zone when I know I'm getting those, those questions. And, you know, there's 
a story when I was in Vayner Media about to interview Gary. I was in the kitchen and one of Gary's staff members that I uh, know came in and said, you know, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, just any advice that you have? Like, what, what should I ask Gary about? What's he passionate about right now? Um, you know, that I know would be fire that no one else is really asking him. I know you see you're around his content so much. What's something different? And he didn't give me an answer, which was me trying to get prepared. But what he said to me was, hey, man, all I could tell you is that if you can't bring the fire in the first uh, two minutes of the podcast, Gary's going to check out and your podcast can be over in 10 minutes and you won't get the full time with him. That's just how Gary works. He fuels off of your fuel. And he walked out and said, good luck. Didn't really do much to help me settle my nerves and, and, and do well. But at the end of the day, I, I kind of went in there and, and zoned out because I was prepared. I knew how to push, when to push. I knew that if he wasn't bringing fire, I knew the hot topics he was interested about. I was so prepared for that. And I think that, that interview solidified my interviewing skills. That was the first interview where I like was in a zone. And now cameras on, lights on, I become a different person. I've actually posted about this on social media before that I'm in a completely different element. I like to consider myself as a, as a, an, an extrovert in an introverted body or an, or an introverted extrovert, whatever you want to do. It is some people I, I seem really outgoing, but I'm actually a big introvert. But when the camera's on, I'm a different person. I could go toe to toe with some, with some of the best people. And those are usually the best podcasts because uh, I'm in my, I'm, I'm prepared and ready, but the reverse happens when you're not prepared. Um, and this is a story not many people know. So I was prepared for the Brad Lee podcast. Brad was a, was a guest and he came on and it was such a good episode that at the end of it, after we turned off, uh, shut off the cameras, we were, we were chatting and he said to me, he said, look, if you ever come to Vegas, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Another big podcast. It's a, you know, when a podcaster gets invited on another podcast, it's a big compliment, especially after an interview. And he's like, I love what you do. Um, you know, if you want to ever help, and we were talking that I run an agency and he's like, you know, I could use some help. Do you want to set up a call? he was totally bought into me because of that podcast. Um, And I said, sure, let's set up a call. I'll see how I could help you. Uh, And we ended up jumping on a sales call or a pitch or, or seeing how we could help him uh, grow his brand. And I was completely unprepared. I went in with the swagger and confidence I had from my podcast, but I wasn't prepared to how to present the sales pitch to him. And this is the sales master, right? This is this guy lives and breathes sales. So it was embarrassing. Um, It was, it was sad. It was pathetic. I got beaten up uh, in, in inside inside that meeting. He he even looked at me, and if you know Bradley, he doesn't hold anything back. He's like, "Dude, this is awful." And I'm sharing that with you because I run a pretty successful agency, um, and I've been able to close big accounts. Uh, and I'm usually prepared, but in that case, I rested on on my confidence in the podcast that oh, it was a done deal, and I was not prepared, and I ended up looking really bad. Thankfully, Brad's a nice guy, and we still, um, you know, he'll he'll message me back when I when I message him. But but like, I don't have many regrets, but that one hurt because it taught me a valuable lesson that no one cares who you are. Like like, I'm ego aside, you got to be prepared for everything. And lastly, with all this, when it comes to interviewing, you know, right now, 99 people before this one, and we got more lined up and ready to go. And we're going to go to thousands that everything can be a story and everyone has a story. You know, I got comfortable in my chair interviewing um, and, and becoming an interviewer. And because of my style and that I'm comfortable with myself, my guests are comfortable and they tell me their story and they tell you their story. Um, 
but everyone has one, including you. You have a story too. Um, this is my first solo episode. This is my story of, of the podcast. And, and I don't, I think I live a pretty boring life and this is my, my story of, of the podcast. Um, and just, you know, every, everything that happens to you can be, can be twisted into a story that you tell yourself for the good or for the bad. My first meeting with Damon John, I left my wallet in the car. Uh, here I am in the biggest meeting of my life and I'm at the reception of the empire state building and they won't let me up cause I don't have my ID and they're trying to call the offices. No one's answering. No one's answering. Uh, I don't have any point of contact except for email. They're not answering. Ended up Damon has to come and bring me up. Now, how embarrassing is that? That, um, you know, he was walking to the lobby. They had to call him over. This guy said he has a meeting with you. Come with me. And I walked into that elevator and I said, I'm sorry, this is, <laughs> this is embarrassing. And he said, at least I'll remember you. So it was super kind and gracious and it led to a friendship that's been over 10 years now. Um, but that that's a story that I could have I could have walked into that meeting and just been like, this is over, it's done. Uh, but thankfully he was nice and thankfully I'm able to understand that I could twist this into a memorable, funny story. So I'll end with that. Uh, with my book technically complete, you know, in, in under a hundred episodes, I got the four main figures uh, I set out to have on uh, Damon, Grant, uh, Gary, and Phil, the perfect uh, combo that I was looking for in my book, all on in under a hundred episodes. In under a hundred episodes, I achieved my goal of people who have podcasts that have now up episode 500 and they're making million excuses why they can't get certain people on. Um, don't let anyone ever tell you it will never happen. Um, you know, I have people tell me, don't worry, you're, this is never going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're never going to Gary. You're not going to do this. It's never going to happen. Uh, don't let anyone ever tell you, um, ever tell you that because this podcast is just proof for me that if I really want something, it's not a matter of if it will happen. It's a matter of when, when will it happen? Uh, and that's a mindset that if you learn and learn to adapt, that can't be beat. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. So thank you. Um, and, and, you know, this is where I get a little emotional because um, I didn't do this alone. I, I, you know, I had 99 amazing guests that helped me build this. I've had you, the listener, the watcher on this journey with me. Um, and, you know, if I had no listeners and no one tuning in, I probably wouldn't be doing this. So thank you. Thank you for keeping me going and holding me accountable. And I hope you're getting as much value from the guests as I am. Um, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming back week after week. Your attention really does mean the world to me. And I promise a bigger celebration at episode 1000. I'll see you then.